Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele, and this is a special episode of The Gifted Life with a special guest host. Welcome to Woody Overton of the Real Life, Real Crime Podcast. Wow. Hey, Lori. I really appreciate you having me here today, and it's such an honor and a privilege. I am so glad that you're here, and I'm happy for people to hear our story about how The Gifted Life and real life, real crime cross paths, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, the uh, veteran educator who brought us together mm-hmm. through Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center in our first live show ever, and I was happy to get on board with, yeah. with Lopa. One person making a difference. Uh, we'll talk to that veteran educator. We'll hear her why. All that and more, because our goal is making life happen, and we're doing it together. All that and more, right here on the Gifted Life. Here on the Gifted Life Podcast, so excited. I am like almost shaking here. Woody Overton is in the Gifted Life Podcast studio, an award-winning podcaster. It's called the Real Life Real Crime Podcast. Hope that you'll download it. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you, sweetie. It's great to be here. Yes. Over 2 million downloads. Did I, yeah, did I read yes, that correctly? Over, over 2.2 today. Wow. So, so I know that your storytelling just from having watched you in action live in person. We'll talk about that. Right. But what is it about the podcast? Like, what is it? I don't know. I think uh, the true crime genre and the fans, the they just can't get enough. And I think where regular true crime podcasts uh, tell a story mm-hmm. that they've researched, et cetera, and they're, the listeners get to look from the outside of the crime scene tape. What I do on Real Life Real Crime is I tell my own stories, the cases that I actually work, so I actually get to bring the listeners inside Mm -hmm. the crime scene tape and give them the details of exactly what I saw and what I heard and what I felt. And I think you are it, too. Like, you're just a real genuine, nice, good guy. I appreciate that. Wants to get the the bad guys, right? Absolutely. And I love that you want to honor the victims as well. Like, you take care of them, you take care of the families. Like, I've watched you in action, and I think... Um, you as a person, I think people are drawn to that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So tell us about the background and how this all came to be. Like, how did you well, it, uh, get to where we are? I was a career uh, law enforcement veteran, if you will, worked my way up through the ranks, everything from corrections to uniform patrol to special response team to detectives and an investigator and even polygraph. Um, and when I retired from law enforcement and doing my private business, et cetera. Uh, one day my wife said, you need to start a podcast. I was like, I don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and she said, well, everybody loves your voice and you know, love your stories. And so just do it. So your voice checked, is calming. I uh, yeah, appreciate that. So we checked out the uh, some of the top true crime podcasts in the world. And we were listening to them like, this is really boring. To me it was, mm-hmm. right? Because it was people just telling stories they researched off the internet. And I mean, how many times can you talk about Ted Bundy, right? right. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll tell them a story. 
and an idea, and it just kind of took off from there. Wow. So you listen to your wife. That's what I got from I that. Think, right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> always, always. Uh, well, I, I love that. You guys have an intense following. I know uh, your first live doing a podcast was at the Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center. We'll talk about that. But I was there fangirling, too. Yeah. Um, but these people traveled. From miles right. around. We had, we had them from Tennessee, Florida, uh, Texas, just all over. It was amazing, right? And Come everybody on. felt a connection. Like, that's oh, why they were there. That's cool. Sold out crowds. Yeah. What, three nights in three a row? Three nights in a row. You had to add Absolutely. an extra night. Yeah, I added two extra nights, <laughs> thanks to the, the great people at the LPTC. Yeah. All right. So tell us about those great people. One of the I'll intense what, fans, how it huh? started, and I had never done a live show, but I got invited by uh, Miss Kelly Jennings mm-hmm. to uh, talk to her criminal justice students. And I always like to do that, you know, help the young kids. I, I wish I'd have had a teacher like Kelly Jennings, right? Uh, when I was coming up, too. I would have been a law enforcement uh, professional a yeah. long time before. But so I, I went and talked to her class and, uh, you know, we'd been growing phenomenally the podcast had and she's like maybe you want to do a live maybe like, yeah okay so <laughs> these and, ideas and, i love and them. so we did it the the um, the first night and then we sold out all the tickets in less than 20 less than an hour i think on the first night then i called her back and said what about another night and then we sold out that one in a day and then what about another night? And we sold that one out. And uh, it was really phenomenal. They're great people. Yeah, I'm smiling because Kelly is also in the Gifted Life podcast studio. Hey, ma'am. Hey, how are you doing? So, Woody, we're talking about this lady, just a, a good human. Great teacher. Great phenomenal. with the kids. Phenomenal. More than just book learning, right? You want these kids to be well-rounded individuals when they leave you, right? Absolutely. And I think one of the worst things you can do is bring a kid into a classroom and have them be bored. Yeah. And I made a vow to myself when I became a teacher, look, I'm not going to be bored, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I want these kids, you know, they expect today with everything going on and all the technology and, and, and everything they can do to find information, they want to see it and taste it and touch it and really live in the moment and they want reality. And so I try really hard to bring them like Woody, you know, that's reality. And it's right from our backyard in Livingston Parish. And so uh, that's been the goal. Give them a good education, but let them have fun. The students were fantastic. They were engaged. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's the difference between when I came up and I always try to cut school, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, want, they wanted to be there. Not recommended. They, 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 yeah, they wanted to be there. And you could tell it. And they were passionate about it. And they were really awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm not bored sitting here listening to you today. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about your specialty. So you'll see how um, Woody got involved um, with Kelly. And then tell us about LPLTC, the Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center. What is it? Sure. So we are a really neat uh, school in Livingston Parish. We're in Walker, Louisiana, and we are a career and technical education facility. So students from all over the parish can come and have an opportunity to learn career and tech ed uh, right there for free in their own backyard. And so the course that I teach is criminal justice, and um, kids have to get a certification, right? And so we integrated 911 dispatch certification mm-hmm. for these students. And that is just out the box. That is so much fun. It's intense. It's exciting. It's always something new to teach. So the what I do is first semester, they actually are learning about intro to criminal justice. So why do crim, uh, crimes happen? How do crimes happen? How do people become victims? You know, victimology and everything, y'all, from, from just a traffic stop through murder. And we go from 
the time that a crime occurs uh, through the death penalty. And we try to cover everything in between and give them a really good, well-rounded, practical uh, application of things like um, handcuffing. And we actually go and we shoot and do what's called the post course. Um, So the students are learning about practical knowledge that will help them, not just theory and ideology. So um, I taught all of that first semester. What a cool class. Oh, my okay. gosh. <laughs> hey, crime's not going away. They didn't away. have that when I was in yeah. school either. And okay. crime's not going away. So I always have a fresh content that I can integrate into um, my class. Mm-hmm. So uh, one day I was uh, actually going to a, a boys to men concert <laughs> <laughs> um, with my sister. And I said, hey, let's try this podcast I heard, Real Life, Real Crime. And she was like, cool, let's do it. So we popped it on and... It was the Courtney Coco case. And the wow. reason it really drew me in was because my sister's name is Courtney. We call her Coco. And my mother's name is Stephanie. And Co- uh, Courtney Coco's mother's name is Stephanie. And so we were just like, what? As The more he spoke, wow. we felt like wow. we were, you know, our hearts oh. were racing. Oh, my God. Like, we felt tied. And so we really uh, literally got an emotional attachment to your podcast just from the names. Wow. That really sparked my interest in, hey, man, this man, you know, while I know what I know from going to college and and learning about crime. And I also do reserve um, with the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. And I want to, if I can, say thank you to Sheriff Ard for all of the great things he does for my program, sending officers all the time to come and teach practical skills, because I'm always learning too. Mm -hmm. But um, when I heard uh, Woody speak and I said, the kids have got to have a part of this. This is a man who knows what he's talking about. He's done it. This is not someone who's learned about it mm-hmm. and passed down information. This man has been there. He smelled, you know, the smells and the seeing the victims. And he's a good man. Yeah. So that's how we kind of got tied in was that I said, I'm, I want him to come. And I asked him and the rest is history. He came and did his lives. And I'm honored and i really am touched well, that you came i'm honored did you know that that was going to work so well no i had no clue <laughs> <laughs> some of the best made plans are the ones you don't uh right. expect you yeah, know when that first night when that line was out the door i was uh calling my boss kirsten here at lopa and i was like you will not believe this right because uh we have the gifted life podcast we're always looking to grow and it was like wow so um so on the other hand so you're working with woody doing mm-hmm. criminal justice and then you get involved with donation Yes. Right. And yes. so why so passionate about donation? Is it just wanting to educate your your kids? And yeah. So actually, it was um, really it almost seemed organic. It came together that, hey, if we're going to learn about crime and then we're going to learn about crime scenes, then I kind of started looking into, you know, like autopsies and things like that. And then I came across Lopa. Actually, I first learned about it from my friend Lori right here. And I said, man, we really need to let these kids mm-hmm. understand what organ donation is, how important it can be. I mean, it's a life-saving adventure Mm -hmm. um, that people who have gone on, right, and have moved on and have passed on can still leave a legacy and can still bring life to people that are so desperately needing it. And it's free. You know, it's a gift that you can't buy. So I brought in Blake um, what's Blake's last name? Blake Smith. Blake Smith. The you, Blake Smith. You yeah. rock Blake Smith. Okay. Uh, I'm a, one of the biggest fans and he's actually related to our automotive instructor. So that was a fun fact we found out too. But uh, Blake came in, he brought in tissues, he brought in samples so the kids could see it. And he really um, showed the kids the importance of time being the essence, that we can procure more than you expect. I mean, I learned a lot. Um, and so I wanted the kids to see, look, Crime happens, but there's a big world out there. So we may have a victim 
but we also have a hero that could possibly pass on life. And so that's kind of how it all came together, you know, on my end. Yeah. And at LOPA, we were so excited. We were like, oh, we have a veteran educator with all of these ties, right? And so, um, Woody, I'm going to come back to you because we have this podcast. You're going live. You're heading to this school. And then did she just say, hey, can we talk about donation too? Or how did that conversation yeah, even yeah, go? Actually, when she brought it up, I had a uh, worked a cold case homicide on a young lady who was uh, run off the road by an 18-wheeler. And she lived for several days, and she was an organ donor. And her mom and I became really close, and a lot of her organs got used. And even one of them was a doctor from California that's still living to the day because of it. So I, I was aware of it, but I didn't know how to help. And and so it's something I feel very passionately about. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, we're sitting there with these live podcasts. I had just started soaking up all this information. I know you mentioned the Coco podcast. Yes. Was that your first one that you all started with? Or No, no, no. I had I'd been uh, since February 9th of uh, 2019. All right. So if people want to find it. Yeah, just, yeah, it's just real life, real crime. Uh, Courtney Coco. The, the Courtney Coco case. case that, yeah. That's a, a series on a cold, cold case out of Alexandria. And that was a popular one that folks continue to follow. Saw a lot mm -hmm. of media, social media um, traffic about that. And Woody solved it, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. amazing. So. <laughs> yeah, people. So you have to go and check it out. And then the follow up episodes as well. Um, so we're at this live. I'm in the audience and I'm just in awe of these people that traveled from Florida, Tennessee. It was crazy, right? And then we got this popular podcaster and this veteran educator and they said, and by the way, please think about donation. Like, why would you do that? Why would you allow us to write on your, your well, coattails? Uh, I, I believe in giving back. Yeah. And then uh, again, the, the young lady whose case that I worked and family I came so close with, it blew my mind about mm. uh, all the lives the young lady was able to save through the yeah. donation. And so I'm, I'm all about it. And, I love And it. Um, giving back and, and wanting to do more. And if it had been for COVID, we'd have done a lot more, but we're still going to do more. Yeah. So COVID-19 threw everything into mm -hmm. a tailspin, right? right? Um, but even at the, the live podcast, uh, you as a teacher, uh, do you remember the sticky notes that she put up with yeah. the, the link to, <laughs> to sign up so that we could track, right? So, um, but we're going to talk about... Um, we know Woody's why. We just heard that, a case that he worked that uh, is in his brain and the legacy. Um, and we're going to hear about um, Kelly's why uh, coming up in just a bit here. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the partnership. Just good humans working together to make life happen. Uh, that's what it's all about. So more to come here on The Gifted Life. Hey guys, here on the Gifted Life Podcast Special Edition, Lori Steele here with Woody Overton. What's your podcast, Woody? Real Life, Real Crime. I just like to hear your voice. You can say it all day. I'll listen to you. We're going to um, add another voice. We have Kelly Jennings with uh, the Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center. Um, and we're adding another voice. Her name is Gabby Madare. Um, close tie to Miss Kelly kind of fuels her passion. Um, it's kind of her why. And I'll let you do the honors here. Sure. So um, Gabby was a student of mine a few years ago, and I always thought that she was such a doll, and I enjoyed teaching her. And uh, whenever I got on my phone one day, I saw um, <clears throat> a newscast uh, came up across that said that there had been a bad wreck on the interstate and that, um, you know, some people had been injured. And so 
uh, <laughs> doing what I do. I got online and started searching to see if I could figure it out. And sure enough, it was my my former student, Gabby, and I wanted to check on her. And um, Gabby told me that her precious baby, Reese, who is the topic, our hero today, uh, that uh, sorry, mm-hmm. that uh, Reese was not in a good way at that moment. And I said, you know what? Do you need me? And she said, I would, you know, I'd like for you to come. And so I went up to the hospital and um, you had graduated, right, Gabby, at that point? Yeah, Yeah, you had graduated. And um, I went up there because once you're my kid, you're my kid. I don't care if you've graduated. And I went up there just to give her some support. Mm. And uh, that's kind of how I was really inspired to move forward was with with this situation. And um, Sweet Reese did pass away. And... um, I have her little picture on my file cabinet at, at school. And yeah, it's been there since. It. Yep, it's been there since the day I received it. And that little sweetheart's memory will always stay alive, as far as I am concerned. Yeah. You know. Oh, and Gabby, we appreciate you uh, joining us today and and sharing Reese's story. Uh, we've been talking about um, Kelly Jennings, the veteran educator, and um, her why uh, for this passion for donation and spreading it to her children and to Woody Overton. You can feel it, right, in yes, the room? Yes, you can. Certainly. Very emotional. Um, so take us back to um, 2017, if you could, Gabby. It started just like a any normal day? It did. It was uh, It was actually my off day. I was working at a veterinary clinic at the time, and I had that Wednesday off. And uh, that night, we always go feed my horse. I was living in Baton Rouge at the time, and my horse stayed in Denham. So that evening, uh, we went to go feed my horse. And my my child, Reese, you know, she wasn't in 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 bed or at least going to bed by 7 o'clock. She was screaming on the way home. So I made it a point to leave earlier to make sure that that wasn't happening because I'm not about to ride in a vehicle with a screaming child. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and uh, as I was walking out the house, I noticed it was kind of late and I was like, oh, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So I remember the the last thing I remember was getting on the interstate. And then from from there... I remember waking up and not being able to breathe, move, hear, any of it. And it was like one of those wrecks where you woke up and you were like, what in the hell just happened? And um, as soon as I figured out that it had been a wreck and I still couldn't move or anything, I was like, all right, at least I can hear and I can't hear my child. And then that's when I was, you know, something's wrong. And when I could finally move, I moved to, I turned to my right. And that's when I noticed that, that Reese, Reese's car seat was in my dashboard Mm. and she was, and she was in her car seat still. And it just looked like like she was sleeping and there was no Mm. blood or nothing, you know? And, uh, as soon as I saw her that's when I started freaking out and I started banging on my door my baby my baby I couldn't I couldn't see anybody couldn't hear nothing still and um I couldn't open my door somebody got her out from the other side I got out with them and some thankfully some nurses were able to stop and they were like you know she she is breathing she is doing something I said all right you know I just need to calm down make sure I'm not freaking out so the ambulance finally showed up and um 
they they got her in the ambulance they got me in the ambulance put her, me and her both in a neck brace and when we got in the ambulance we were gonna go to auctioneer but the um the nurse or whoever was in the ambulance that was assessing her was like, you know, she's about to crash. And then that's when they also said she's agonal breathing. And I don't know if y'all know what that means or not, but I worked at a veterinary clinic. And when you put down an animal, they always explain to the, to the owner, look, after you put this animal down, they're going to do something called agonal breathing. And that's when that's the body's last attempt to save the body before it, it dies. So I knew when they told, when, when they had said she's agonal breathing, Mm -hmm. I knew right then and there, my child was gone, but there was a little bit of hope being maybe if they can save her and just some, some miracle would happen. But, um, from there, they said, we need to go to auctioner. She's, she's going to crash. And I was like, all right, we need to go to the closest hospital. This is serious. And when we got there, they had gotten her own life support. Everything was going great. And then after that, they said they that that they didn't have a pediatric trauma unit that we need to go to Our Lady Lake off of Essen. So we got transported from there to Our Lady of the Lake. From there, they did an MRI and a CAT scan and came back out and had told me that there was a tremendous amount of swelling and um, blood drops on her skull and that we had two options. We could either do nothing, keep her on medicine and she'll eventually die or we can do surgery, relieve some of the pressure and see what, you know, see what happens from there. So I was like, I mean, the obvious thing I want to do is do surgery. So within that amount of time, I went and got checked out. I was fine. Um, her surgery lasted for maybe three and a half hours, which was longer than usual. It was what I was told from a friend of mine who was a nurse. But um, after all that, they came out and they said, look, we need to talk to the mom and dad. And we both went in there. And the first thing that came out of his mouth, I was still in a wheelchair at this moment. The first thing that came out of his mouth was she wasn't going to survive this. And that when they did the surgery, they did, everything was going great. They relieved some of the pressure, but when he cut the skull and he turned around and he turned back to her within that short amount of time, her brain had swelled so much out of the hole that he couldn't close it back. Mm. My five-month-old stayed on a on a life support bed for three days with her brain, you can ask Kelly, with her brain continuously swelling and bleeding the whole time. It never stopped. It never stopped bleeding. She, she I mean, I had to look at my child with a wrap around her head and her, mm-hmm. and her head was huge. So from there, we got brought up to, to the trauma unit of the hospital where she was laying. And... Um, when a person is pronounced or is a brain death victim, um, they go through these stages. And that's when you do two response tests and then you do a blood test. Well, the response tests are things like putting, you know, a Q-tip under the eye, putting a tongue depressor down the down down your throat, see if you gag or something like that. You know, see if you respond to anything. And she failed both of them. Well, after that was the um, was the blood test, and this was all within a three day period. And that last test, where they, you know, did 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 a test to see if there was any blood going to the brain at all, and there was none. 
Um, so that's when on Friday, I think it was October 13th, uh, Reese was pronounced dead at one at 126. And then uh, after that was when Lopa got involved because I was told that even though she was she was dying, she also had four organs that were that were good. And I was like, oh, well, OK, you know, and throughout this time I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, what are the possibilities that she is actually going and I have to think about something like that. You know, I was 21 years old. You know, that's not something a 21 year old yeah. thinks about. Mm. I want to tell you, to, Gabby, that when I showed up, you became one of my heroes because you were so brave and you were so much tougher mm. than I would have ever been. And I would, you know, I showed up trying to give you comfort, you know, but I want you to know that you're a you're a prime example of what a mama should be. Mm. And you did that baby justice, you know. Well, that definitely means a lot because I went through so much that those uh, not just those three days, but a long time after that. And uh, when they told me that, you know, she she is dead. And now that you know that all these organs are good, you have you have some options. And that's and that was she can take her last breath and that'll be it. Or you can donate these organs. You can hold her after her surgery. And then that's it. And I was like, you know. I thought about it and I was like, you know, I, I lost my baby and I don't, as a mother, nobody, nobody wants to go through something like that. Losing mm. a child because a piece of you is literally gone and you can't do nothing about it. You can't, you can't scream. You can't cry. I mean, you can, but it only takes so much, you know? So after I had, you know, decided I don't want another mother to go through what I went through. That's when they said that her heart, liver, kidneys, and intestines were all were all good. And I was like, you know, that's that's honestly the the outcome that I was hoping after I found out that she was gone. I was like, you know, I just need something, just some type of hope, just some just something, you know, and that's 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 the something that I got after her surgery to you know get all of her organs um I was given the option of holding her and I had three different Lopa people tell me she's not going to look the same her blood's not going to be running through her veins you know if it were me I wouldn't want to do it because I don't want to hold my child I don't want to see them like that and I thought about it and you know, you know that's my baby I brought her into this world, and if I don't want to hold her after a surgery, I I don't really, I mean that's that's my child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so and honestly, when when I was able to hold her, she just looked like a little porcelain doll. Mm. Looks so like not glass like, but you know, she pretty. looked perfect. I know what you're talking about. Right, she looked yeah. perfect. And um. It wasn't until after we had actually buried her that I got a call from Lopa saying that her heart went to a to a little infant, her her liver went to a little infant, her intestines went to a ten year old girl, and her kidneys went to a sixty year old woman. Wow. And um, I later on found out that the little boy, he's a He's actually doing great. I found that out uh, maybe a year ago. 
that he's just he's right 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 now after all the surgeries that he's going through he was only um diagnosed with trauma from the surgery and that was getting better um the little boy who got her liver is a vietnamese and lives in california so i don't really know too much about them um and the other two i haven't heard back from them yet so but that's that's about it hey hey gabby it's woody i just want to tell you something you know i'm a father of four and throughout my career i've been involved in and around death so much and i just as much as reese is a hero you're my hero too okay 21 years old 21 right and, and to go through that and i have goosebumps and uh uh i think you're an amazing mother and you're an amazing person and the lives that that reese has been able to go on and, and touch us it's just an amazing story well thank you i appreciate that and we have to remember, Reese was only five months old. And look at the impact, the right, legacy right. that this little baby in her five months of living was able to do. Um, I have to ask you, because you are only 21, so like I, I'm chills over here. And just like Kelly, uh, you know, hope to never be in that position. But you had to make some tough decisions that day. Did you know about donation before? What do you think about donation now? Like, talk to us about that. You know, growing up hearing my parents talk about, you know, oh, did you become an organ donor on your license and all that? And I'm like, what, what, what is organ donation? And they, you know, as a kid, you always get explained, you know, if something were to happen in a wreck and they had to choose if, you know, if you wanted to donate your organs to, to somebody who needed them and stuff like that. So I didn't know what organ donation was. I just never gave any thought to it as a kid because you think, oh, that's never going to happen to me, mm, you know. Right. And, uh, and I think it's great. I think organ donation is great now because I saved three moms from going through what I could possibly or could possibly go through what I went through and somebody else's fan or great or grandmother who got her kidneys, you know, I saved them from going through what I went through too. So <sighs> Gabby, I, think it's a I don't, great thing. I don't know if you remember in the hospital, we had a little conversation at the foot of um, Reese's bed mm-hmm. and it was right before her second test. Um, that she was having. Do you remember what conversation I'm talking about? Or were you? Oh, Lord, no. I know you don't. <laughs> so we were talking. I said, man, this isn't looking so good, is it? And you're like, no, it's not looking good at all. And um, I said to you that um, just remember that love is an action. And uh, you're like, yes, ma'am, I know. And I said, so some people, um, some people fulfill their purpose in five months and some people fulfill their purpose in 60 years. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I I know you were overwhelmed. It's, it's it's bringing back some memories. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, well, I guess we'll figure that out Mm -hmm. soon enough. And sweet baby girl, I think, you know, you hear people being angels on earth. You know that Reese is an absolute hero. Absolutely. We're looking at her little face now, Gabby. Um, It's hard to believe you were 21. She was five months old. At the live podcasts in Kelly's class, she talks about 
Reese and she holds up the picture and she talks about your story and the strong mama and this five-month-old who saved these babies through donation. Um, so her legacy continues. We're still using that story to help educate and to help save more lives. Um, what do you think about that piece of the of the story? I think that's great. I honestly, before, before you had told me a couple nights ago that she actually had the picture of Reese, I didn't know that. Or maybe I did and I just forgot. But um, I think it's great because I I remember being a teenager and thinking, you know, oh, I can text and drive. I can do this. You know, nothing's going to happen. And lo, lo, lo and behold, teenagers do it every day. And, you know, it, it could have happened to anybody. I know I didn't mention that it was because of texting and driving, but I I think what she's doing is phenomenal. Hey, Gabby, I uh, want to tell you, Kelly's love for you and baby Reese uh, really inspired me to get involved uh, with Lopa. And we promoted every chance we can. And I think we've had some success and we're going to continue to do it. So um, your sweet baby is still being a hero. And your story is bringing you're saving more lives uh, 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 every day. The story goes on, you know, it's not over. Right. Well, Gabby, we appreciate you sharing your your story. I know that when we talked, you said, oh, everything's hazy. But from your account of things, it looked like you remember details like I, I was in the room with you. I was in the car with you. Um, I know that that's still fresh on your heart and in your mind. And for you to take the time, you know, we certainly appreciate that. Um, and we do want to talk about um Another blessing that's coming into your life shortly, right? Aren't you expecting? I am expecting. I actually have a little girl that um, she is she is one and a half. And you can ask Kelly because I post pictures and videos <laughs> of her all the time. She is a mess. Happiest baby you ever mess. saw. <laughs> <laughs> she is a goofball for sure. And uh, I am expecting my first little boy at the end of this month. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm I proud of you. It. You're amazing. Proud of myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing um, Reese with us. She'll be on our LOPA heroes page and she's our hero for this episode of the gifted life but gabby thank you uh, for all you do thank you for being raw honest for sharing your feelings your journey uh, with us and for helping us learn that's what it's all about no problem i know that me and kelly had talked about something or had said something yesterday about um i actually have a um I own a little resale shop in Denham that's named after Reese. Yeah, it's Reese's called, Mercantile, uh, right? <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was the tie. Yeah, and she put a um she put a new billboard up. I was so proud when I saw that little baby's name up there. Gabby, where is yep, it? I did. Where's the shop? It's um on Florida Boulevard, right across from Veterans. Oh. Okay. I don't I don't know if y'all know where the B and B Mini Mart used to be. Right. Right. It's li- it's literally right next to it. It used to be a pawn shop. Oh, uh, okay. well, cool. I, I can assure you, my wife would be a visitor <laughs> really soon. Gabby, Texas, the info as you get it. I did not know that tie, uh, but happy to share with our friends. Obviously, um, I'm from Livingston Parish as well. So, but we just okay. appreciate you taking the time um, today for making the time. Uh, it's just amazing. I love you, Gabby. Love you too, and I and I and I enjoy talking. I really I really like sharing the story and stuff so wow. thank y'all for wanting to do this thank you again and thank you for inspiring me and you're really going to give me the motivation to really push lopa even harder thank you well thank you In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero 
Reese Catherine Graham. Y'all, we learned about Reese's story today from her mama, Gabby. Reese Catherine Graham, born on May 7th, 2017, and passed on October 13th, 2017. Reese was a very happy and smiley baby. There wasn't a moment where she wasn't smiling and playing with her hands. She is dearly missed by so many. The world was a brighter place when she was here. Through this horrible tragedy of losing my precious baby, she was able to save four lives, two of them being babies. And that's a statement from Reese's mama, Gabby. And you can see Reese's sweet face. Learn more on our Lopa Heroes page at lopa.org. And now we pause to say thank you to Reese for the gift of life. Wow. So that's your why. That's a pretty good why, huh, Woody? It's amazing. It's my why now. Yeah. Well, and it got our attention. And then you hear uh, you talking about this baby and her baby. Uh, Just incredible. So we do have to let you know that uh, Kelly had started this campaign at school. She got Woody on board. And so together, uh, pre-COVID-19, right, that kind of threw us off the trails for a little bit. But um, almost 450 new names added to the Louisiana Donor Registry because we were inspired by baby Reese, by Gabby, by those donors and recipients. Um, Just an incredible story. So how how did you do it? Oh, yeah. So hopefully we have some other educators listening so that they could get a plan possibly to get other people involved or kids in their classes involved. Um, If I was going to tell other people how I did it, um, first of all, you have to have the drive and the want. So this isn't for somebody that's being voluntold. You know, this is for someone who's wanting to make a difference. Find that teacher, find that person at your organization and then have a plan. Get a small game plan together. These are one of those things that evolve and, you know, situations are fluid. So you have to kind of figure out what works best for you in your um, situation. But um, I went to my admin. My admin was like, sure, go for it. I mean, why not? With all (laughs) with the world today, let's do some good things, you know. So I went to the students. I presented it to them and they were like, heck, yeah, let's do this. We all need to feel good. And this is cost us nothing. So um, I hate to say I, but that's, um, you know, I'm not an I person. So I'll just say we put together, we made um, packets for all the students that became what we called our social media ambassadors. Those kids were uh, volunteered from schools all over Livingston Parish. So shout out to those schools. Um, you know who you are. Y'all did a great job all the way from Denham to Walker to Albany, all the way out to French Settlement. We had kids volunteer. They took the time to get um, get information about organ donation, some fun facts, some interesting facts. They went out into their community. They shared um, those facts online. It really got people's attention. They made videos, and they all did it in honor of Reese and her legacy. So, um, you know, that was just how we did it. And then I put together some challenges that I thought were kind of fun because I love a competition. Woo! I want to, you know, I'm competitive, girl. I want to win. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do that about no, her. <laughs> I want to win, y'all. So we put together some challenges. It was a lot of fun. And um, the kids really got competitive. And in the end, we made them put together a portfolio of um, before COVID hit, right? right. Um, it kind of cut it off. But they uh, told, did some interviews of recipients and of donor families. They 
um, went to events, so like basketball games, yeah. yeah, basketball games, and and any uh, sports events that they could go set up a table. We provided the items for them to go do that. I think most of the students came to the live real life real crime yeah. podcast yeah. because they wanted a shout out, which you gave them, Woody. Definitely. Right? <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, talked yeah, about they, those students. Yeah, yeah, those kids came. This was really neat. So we learned. I actually did not. Um, I'm not a hugely tech savvy person, but I do like technology. So we, um, the wonderful people at Lopa, made us. A um, QR code. QR code, mm-hmm. and it was really cute because um, that matters, right? And um, <laughs> the kids went around, and we got people while they were waiting in line because there was a line to meet Woody. Oh my uh, God! Right? They all wanted to see Mr. Overton. I was in the line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, while people were waiting, we had I had told the story of Reese um, before he had started speaking, and so while they were waiting in line, popped up that QR code, and we just went down the line, and people scanned their phones. So simple. If anything, learn how to work a QR code, and you can change the world. Easy. Yeah. One scan yeah. at a time. That was amazing. I think he, um, at some point we even got some fans from out of state that were able to register under LPTC. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, our website, because we are trying to track it, right? Still right. a competition, even though COVID cut it short. Um, at the time that we stopped coming to school, we had 443 new donors. Uh, excuse me. Did I say that right? 443. Yeah. New registered um, donors, yeah. Super proud of that. But then we had people, because of Woody's Live, from out of state going, wait, wait, how do we do this? So if you go to our link, and I'll say it slowly for you, it's Lopa dot org slash l t c and for our crime junkies that's lima tango yeah. charlie uh, um <laughs> is that right Woody? that's right yeah <laughs> and um so if you go to our site you can absolutely there's drop down buttons and if you're from out of state you just click it and it'll direct you right where you need to be it takes less than two and minutes look yes. under the criminal justice section yes. yeah and there's no roadmap for this so you worked with uh community educators in the baton rouge area one of them being me and i want to um, give you a shout out and i know that I didn't plan to say that, but <laughs> Lori Steele, y'all, if you are in our area and you need someone who is just a beaming light of joy to walk onto your campus and just make you feel so good about Aww. life, you need to get Lori to help you out. Yeah, there y'all pump go. me up. I love, I love it. But together, it's like we can feel the energy, right? Let's do right. something good for somebody. Yeah. I love Absolutely. it. Um, so uh, we can see why, why that was working, but there was no roadmap. So you have to be flexible and you have to, to go with it. And then Woody says, oh, I'll help you. And we were like, oh, we didn't plan for out of state and so many out of state. So we increased registries out of state, which was incredible as well. Um, but one of the things that we do is education. And Woody, since we have you here, our crime guy, um, Gabby mentioned it a little bit. She didn't want to focus on that. Uh, but there was a crime. Right. That's, that's correct. The um, the accident or the crash is not a, it's not technically an accident. It, uh, it's a criminal act. It's a vehicular crash um, and the driver of the vehicle was charged with negligent homicide. Now, a negligent homicide in the state of Louisiana is defined as a person who shows such little care for or lack of care for other human beings that they cause a death. Mm-hmm. And this person was texting and driving and speeding uh, at least 10 miles an hour over the speed limit and she didn't hit her brakes until 0.5 seconds before the crash. So the it is she was arrested. Uh, they uh, they made warrants for her, et cetera. And y'all, you know, it's it's serious. And, and, and I guess we're all guilty of it, taking a phone call, et cetera. But it, I mean, it wakes me up again, right? And But the you have consequences. And I teach my children 
everything you do in life, uh, you have consequences, right. good or bad, and and in uh, every action you take. And this this young lady um, killed baby Reese, and 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 you know could have been avoided. So yeah, just, didn't set out to do it. Right? No, sure, absolutely. What happened? But I mean, she was uh, eyewitnesses say she was zigging zigzagging mm-hmm. in and out of traffic right. at a high rate of speed and uh, was texting and and hit Gabby from behind and caused this death. Yeah. And therefore, you have the charge of negligent homicide plus some traffic vehicle charges, uh, um, rec- reckless, careless, careless operation, et cetera. But, I mean, could have been avoided? Absolutely. And y'all just don't do it. And and on the speeding part, every 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, they they – uh, I think the statistic is you increase your chance of a fatality by like 20% that you're going every 10 miles an hour uh, over the speed limit that you're going, the crash that you get into. So and figure I, it out. I'll tell you, I tell my students too that just because it says the word accident, mm-hmm. okay, there are some quote unquote accidents that I'm sorry will not fix. No, this no, is, no, this is one of them. And I'm sorry we'll never fix mm-hmm. this. And I'm not even the child's mother. And I'm. Right. Well, um, you know, the and that's why we have the laws, and it's unfortunate. I mean, most cases that negligent homicide are or vehicular homicides, mm-hmm. DWIs, in cases like this, or accidental shootings, sometimes things like that. But I mean, it's just totally avoidable. Yeah. And, and uh, just show better sense, use your common sense, and those laws are there for a reason. You know, right. we're not trying to be. A totalitarian state they're there for our safety right yeah. and every law that's on the book is there because somebody did something right. bad yeah. and got that's it put true. there right that's true um, and, and lopa uh we are involved in the sudden impact program so they have the mock crash they have the mock trial and they they try to show those consequences in a real time um event and they use real people but let me tell you when they show the video of the person playing the victim i tear up like the parents in the room tear up. Um, so it's an educational piece. We appreciate well, your expertise I, here. I think that LOPA doing the education on that is, is amazing because people truly don't understand mm-hmm. until they're involved. Mm-hmm. It's like having somebody saying they have a migraine. Everybody knows what a migraine is, but you don't really mm-hmm. get it unless you've ever had one, right? But we don't want people to go through this to, to have the experience so they can learn what it's about. Just don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. So y'all keep educating, yeah. and I appreciate Lopa doing that. Absolutely. Uh, and we use our amazing volunteers, which yes. is how we got here today. So we appreciate our little uh, group here, folks working to make life happen. Yeah, and right. I just want to say one more thing. Uh, you know, Thank you for having me today, but um, we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and I really feel strongly about this and, and moving forward. We're going to do everything that we can. Uh, to use our platform, Real Life, Real Crime, for LOPA. Wow. M- make heroes, right? What a gift. Yeah. 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 The gift that keeps gift on giving, life, making right. life happen. We appreciate that. And that'll do it for episode 141 of The Gifted Life. Guys, Woody, Kelly, Thank you so much uh, for being here. You didn't have to help, didn't have to get involved, didn't have to be bothered. 
but you did. You're just good humans, and I love that. You decided to do something extra to help us make life happen. That makes my heart smile, and we know that we are making a difference um, just from being in groups of people with you guys. We can see it, so thank you. And also thank you to Gabby uh, for being just real with us today, right? I'm really proud of her. So, hey, look. We may be down right now in, as terms, uh, in terms of education and that we're not in the classroom, but that doesn't mean that, you know, my mission's going to stop. I got a new group coming and we're going to keep pushing this, th- you know, forward. We got 443. Get out there. See if you can get people to sign up. It's really simple. And we want to hit that 1000 mark. We'd appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. What's that link you want them to go to? Sure. I want them to go to lopa.org slash L-T-C. Thank you for having me today. And... I felt passionate about it before, but the getting to listen to Gabby and tell the, her story is just amazing. And for Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, we don't have an official cause or, or motivation or I don't know what, what term you would make it, but Lopa's going to be mine from now on. All mm-hmm. right. And that'll be their main thing if we do any fundraiser for whatever we can do. Um, mainly, I want to get people to sign up because Reese. Mm-hmm. Save four lives, right? If, if one person, we got 443 or however many, if, if each of them get to save lives. Right. And, and that's a gift that keeps on giving. And it's just powerful. It's awesome. If you need some inspiration right here on this podcast Yeah, it's today. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. We ask that you share it. Check out Real Life, Real Crime. If you're in Livingston Parish, check out the Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center. Your kids actually leave and can work as dispatchers when they leave? Yes. Here? So upon successful completion, they are actually internationally certified uh, dispatchers. And we are <laughs> focusing in um, police for the course, but they are certified dispatchers. And they do. The sheriff has hired a lot of my students. I have them on the road. I have them. Um, some of them are now even detectives. And um, we have them in the dispatch center. So I'm super, I'm very proud of that. The best of the best in Louisiana. Be. I love right. it. It's From amazing. podcast to education. And you guys chose Lopa. I mean, how special is that? Thank you so much. Our ask for those of you listening, please share this. The best place to find us, The Gifted Life Podcast, is at our website, thegiftedlife.org. You can listen there or on any podcast app. That's how I listen. Um, on Facebook, we're The Gifted Life Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Gifted Life Pod. Check us out. Help us with our mission. Go out and do something you would normally do to help us make life happen. We're all one team. All right. Until next time. is a production of LOPA, or the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Sarah Blakemore. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Caraway. Intern is Rebecca Ranham. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. <laughs>